But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot and she returned to him to the ark for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. Good morning, my name is Matt Carvel. Pleasure to be speaking to you today from just a passage in the Bible that we just heard from Genesis chapter 8. This weekend, we are remembering as a nation VE Day. It's been 75 years since the end of the Second World War uh, in Europe. And the remembering that we do is more than the sort of everyday remembering of a dentist appointment or last year's holiday. It's an honoring, it's a respecting, it's an embracing even of the people and the events uh, of the past. It's something that is significant. I wonder if you've watched anything or read anything over the weekend about it. And through different media, we're not just presented with the facts and figures of what happened, but with real stories of, of real people and what they had to uh, endure at that time. And maybe that has impacted you. Maybe you've been moved by what you've seen and what you have read. But as much as we try our best to honour and embrace what has happened in the past, and it's very right that we do that, unless we were there at the time, these events and even these stories are not directly personal to us. We've just heard this passage of Genesis chapter 8, and it says at the beginning of that that God remembered Noah. And this is not meaning that God calls Noah to mind that he's just thinking about him. And actually, it even goes beyond the sort of embracing from a distance that we do in times of remembrance. Actually, what we will see as I explain this passage is that God's remembering of Noah is something that is firstly very practical. 
but also very personal as well. And this passage, it's really right at the heart of this whole story of Noah. Now, if you've been with us for the last few weeks or you're familiar with the story, it might be a little bit odd or surprising that suddenly God seems to be compassionate and kind towards Noah. Is God, is this God of the Bible really like that? Because we've just read that God has wiped almost everyone out in judgment. Now, the story of Noah does raise many questions, not least that important moral question. How can we take this God seriously, who at one moment seems to um, judge people harshly, and another point, he seems to remember someone with compassion? I want to do justice to that difficulty. And that question. So we're going to spend some time next week looking at that together. How we can reconcile that and see what we'll see as a consistent God. But I want to spend good time on that. And I want to focus today on this idea. God remembering Noah. Because it means something very significant for him. And it means something very significant for us as well in the here and now. When you read the story of Noah from Genesis 6 to Genesis 9... There is an immense symmetry that is going on. And chapter 8, verse 1 that we've just heard, it's like the line of reflection right in the middle of it. On the one hand, you, you have the society that is filled with violence. You could say before the flood, there is a flood of violence that is covering the whole, the whole earth. There is um, a society that is horrible. And the flood comes and the waters go up and up and up and up. And then we reach, as it were, this peak. And it says, God remembered Noah. And then on the other side, as we've just heard, the waters start to come down and down and down. And then to contrast the, the horrible, violent society, what we'll see in a couple of weeks' time in the next chapter is we have a new society. God starting afresh with Noah and his family. In the current situation that we're in, as horrible and as heartbreaking as it is, there's also a sense that this is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to start afresh. As we come out of this crisis, especially thinking about issues like the environment, there's an opportunity to to do things better going forward, not make the same mistakes as the past. There's There's a sense in which this is an opportunity to turn the page. And this is what's happening here in the story in Genesis 8. There's a turning of the page and it all hinges on this idea of God remembering Noah. So what does that mean? What does it mean? Well, I've said it means something very practical. Towards the beginning of the lockdown situation that we're in, the government announced its coronavirus job retention scheme. And maybe many of you have benefited from that. But they announced that. And then a few days later, they announced their help for those who are self-employed. And you might remember the Chancellor, Rishi Rishi, uh, Sunak, saying, you have not been forgotten. Now, imagine if he had said that and then just left it there. And then not told anyone or not given a plan or any practical help. I'm not sure many self-employed people would have felt very consoled by that. Oh, well, the government is thinking about us. That's gonna, that makes all the difference. I'm happy with that. No, actually, just a sentiment can be nice to say someone's thinking of you. But when you're facing crisis, when you're facing real difficulty, 
The practical help makes all the difference. And that is what God is doing here for Noah. God is remembering him. And what does it go on to say? It says that he started to cause the waters to recede. They didn't just do it themselves. It said God sent a wind. God made the wind blow. And so the waters started to abate. This idea of God remembering people comes up again and again in the Bible. And every time it means that God is doing something. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll read that in Genesis 9, where it says God remembered his covenant. And what it's describing is he is acting out his promises to his people. Another vivid example of this is found in Genesis 30. You might be familiar with it, the story of uh, someone called Rachel, who is in distress because she can't conceive. But in verse 22, it says, and God remembered Rachel. What does that mean? Well, it says suddenly she's able to have children. The most Probably most remarkable example of this uh, is actually found in the next book of the Bible in Exodus. Exodus chapter 2. At the beginning of Exodus, God's people have been enslaved for hundreds of years. But in Exodus chapter 2 verse 24, it said, And God heard their groans and he remembered their covenant with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. What does that mean? Well, we read on in the next very next passage is God speaks to Moses through the burning bush. He calls Moses. He sends Moses to Egypt to lead his people out and towards the promised land. When God says he's remembering, he is doing something. What's happening is his rescue plan is kicking into action. That is the kind of God that the Bible describes. A God who does stuff, who gets involved, who works for the blessing and the benefit of his people. And the New Testament reminds us that, that he continues to do that in the here and now. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God is at work. But let's pause there for a moment. I wonder if Noah felt like he was being remembered by God. I mean, it's described to us. We read that verse. Maybe we've skimmed that very quickly. And we read the whole passage in just a couple of minutes. But actually, what was Noah's felt experience? Did he feel remembered by God? Well, that passage, it talks about different weeks and months. And it's quite hard to keep track of what's happening in terms of the timeline. But let me make it really simple. Noah was in the ark for over a year. And the, when he entered the ark, there doesn't seem to be any indication that he knew exactly how long he would have to be in the ark with his family and all the animals. And in fact, this sort of curious description of him sending out these birds is actually showing us that he didn't know what was exactly happening and when the waters were going to be down enough to actually exit the ark. Noah had to wait. Noah had unanswered questions. Noah faced uncertainty. And when Noah or any of us are in a situation like that, it's easy to feel like we're forgotten. Perhaps we feel forgotten by God. Perhaps Noah, like us, 
struggled to be patient. The parallels for the situation that we're in are very obvious there. How long will we have to wait? How long will we be in lockdown? When things, when are things going to get back to normal? And it, well, is there going to be a new normal? What will that look like? It's not easy to be patient. And that is the Christian's experience just as much as anyone's experience. Sometimes we have to wait and that isn't easy. There's a psalm in in the Bible that I feel describes that very accurately. Psalm 13 verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? That's a very apt passage, I think, for the situation we're facing as a nation. I'm sure there are many parents saying, how long, O Lord, as their kids are at home. But there's also many people feeling and being isolated and feeling forgotten. Maybe you're looking at your situation, looking at your bank balance, looking at your employment uh, prospects and thinking, am I going to be forgotten? Am I going to be left out here? God, are you going to provide for me or am I going to be forgotten? Maybe it's not in this directly in this uh, situation that you feel forgotten, but actually being feeling that is is it universal human experience. We all have periods in our lives when we feel forgotten. What's that for you? When have you felt forgotten? When have you felt overlooked? When have you felt left out? Maybe it's by friends. Maybe it's in the workplace. Maybe it's by family members or even by God. Sometimes it's when circumstance hits us, when we get that health diagnosis or when we face relationship breakdown or or personal tragedy close to us. We can feel forgotten by God or forgotten by our circumstances and by others around us. And when we feel like that, it seems to strike very deeply in our lives. It strikes a chord and we feel the pain of it acutely. There's something in us that cries out, this shouldn't be the case. I shouldn't be forgotten. It's almost as if we are made to be remembered rather than forgotten. We're made to be connected rather than isolated. And the Bible describes that is precisely because we are made as human beings to be in relationship with God. And sometimes we feel the symptoms of that and our hearts cry out in that way. I feel forgotten. I've had those moments in my life, I'm sure is similar to others. And particularly when you're a Christian, you might feel, God, have you forgotten me? Are you really there? Do you really care about what I am facing and what I am going through? But also... And what is a consolation in my life is I've experienced God personally remembering me. The sense of which that I am under God's close attention. And that for, for me in my life, that was the thing that brought me back to him many years ago. When I was uh, 19 years old, I was, I'd spent several years trying to forget God trying to keep him at arm's length, had my own agenda of what my life should be about, or so I thought. And I found myself on the other side of the world, and uh, I ended up working at a kid's camp, and 
It was a Christian kids camp, which wasn't a problem for me. I'd grown up in church, but I drifted in my heart from God. But it was through being there and actually speaking to kids and going through those simple Bible stories and services and actually seeing the impact of that on these young people and realizing that actually God was using me to do that. I suddenly felt remembered by God. I suddenly felt God's got a plan for my life. I am someone to God. He's got purposes for me. And that so humbled me and brought me back to him. And I said, "God, okay, from now on, I will follow you because I'm known by God. I felt that personal connection with him. Even though I tried to forget God, God had never forgotten me. I was under his protective hand the whole time, even when I didn't realize it. That was my experience. What about Noah's experience? Does he feel remembered by God? How does he know if he's remembered by God? Because I'm sure in the ark, he wasn't immune from uncertainty, from worry. I'm sure there were many unanswered questions about what was happening. Yet we don't seem to have any example of him crying out in despair himself. He seems to endure the trial by patiently waiting. How does he do that? I think it's because he remembers he's in an ark. God is keeping him safe. There are many worries about what's going to happen next. And there's many unanswered questions. And there is worry, perhaps. But he can look at what's around him. God has provided safety for him thus far and promised to do the same going forward. He doesn't know everything that's going to happen, but he knows God has kept me safe thus far. He is in an ark. What is it that can be a consolation and encouragement for the Christian? How can we know that God has not forgotten about us, but does remember us? We are in Christ. Look to what God has already done for you. He has put you in Christ. Yes, there might be feelings that you are left out. Yes, there might be unanswered questions about what might happen next. But look to what God has done for you and draw encouragement from that. He has kept you safe in Christ. He has put you in a place where you are forgiven, where you are loved by God, your heavenly Father, who promises to look out for you and promises to look after you. And you might not know what your future looks like in the next few years, but the big question of your eternal future is sorted by Him. Look to what He has done for you already. This friends, is the Christian response. We still feel the emotions that everyone else feels, but we can turn to God, turn to Christ and see what he has done for us already and draw strength from that. This is how we respond. I've already mentioned Psalm 13 and that expression of that, how long, O Lord? But how does Psalm 13 end? Verses 5 and 6 says this, but... I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord. How can he do that? Because he has dealt bountifully with me. The psalmist may well feel like he's been forgotten by God, but instead of focusing on what he does not have and the worries that he might feel, 
He chooses to focus on what God has already done for him. He has dealt bountifully for me, with me. We can feel forgotten, but we can turn to the truth of the gospel and realize that God, remind ourselves again, that yes, God knows me. God knows my frame. He knows my weaknesses. He knows what's on my mind. He knows my worries. He knows my struggles. He knows the question marks over my health. He knows my children. He knows my bank balance. And he invites us to be encouraged by what he has provided for us already in Christ. Psalm 103 says exactly that. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Do you do that, friend? I think we need to do that now more than ever. Forget not what God has done for you already. God does remember you. And he invites you to remember that. Let me say one more thing to encourage us along these lines. Because if you are in Christ, this wonderful truth is true for you that Jesus is remembering you right now before the Father. Do you know that? Hebrews 7 verse 25 says this, talking about Jesus, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. What is Jesus Christ doing right now? He is praying for his people. The remembering of God is deeply personal. If you are in Christ, then to God you're not a name on a list somewhere. You are a name on his lips. He is remembering you before the Father. God's remembrance of us is real, it's tangible, it's practical, and it's absolutely personal as well. And the invitation is to draw near to him. That's the antidote to our isolation. That's the encouragement that we need to endure what we have to endure. And we see it most clearly in Christ. And that's what I want to finish with today. Because you might be watching this and thinking, well, how, how do I know? How do I know that God is going to remember me? Because in the story of Noah, Noah is remembered, but everyone else is under the waters. Well, the Bible story climaxes in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in many ways, the gospel reverses, flips around what otherwise would be. And as I was studying this passage this week, these phrases stood out to me, and I think they're of great encouragement to us. You see, if you read Genesis chapter 7, at the end of that, it talks about how God blotted out almost every living thing. Everyone is blotted out, and just one man is remembered. But with the gospel of Jesus Christ, these things are flipped around and offered to us. Listen to this from Isaiah 43:25, which points towards the saving work of Jesus. God says, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. I will remember your sins no more. 
God's heart is not to blot us out, but to blot out our sins. And that is why Christ has come into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And that's what the cross of Jesus Christ is all about. Jesus, who had no sin of his own, but he took the sin of the world on himself. And at the cross, it is blotted out. It is erased. It is removed. It is rubbed out by God. Christ takes that upon himself so that those who trust in him can receive the remembrance of God, can be brought close as Christ has been banished distanced from the Father at the cross. That exchange is able to take place so that those who are in Christ now can know the remembrance of God and have their sins forgotten by God as far as the east is from the west, says the Bible. We can be remembered by God only through Christ. And Christ says this in his earthly ministry. He says, at the, at the end, some people will come to me and will say, Lord, we did all these things. And he said, I never knew you. Friends, it's not about what you accomplish in life and what successes you have. It's about, does God know you? Are you remembered by him? Have you connected with God through Jesus Christ? Jesus is the way to that. Come to Christ in repentance and faith. Come to the cross. Find safety in that. Find safety in that. He will protect you. He will sustain you through all that you have to endure. Maybe you want to come to that place of safety, that place of forgiveness in Christ today, even for the first time. If you want to respond in that way, why don't you come to God right now? I'll lead you in a prayer. You can say these words to God. God, I want to be remembered by you. I want to come to you and know you. I recognize today that that is only possible through Jesus. And so I put my faith in him today. I'm sorry for all I've done wrong. Thank you for the cross where you dealt with my sin. Help me to follow you. Amen.